Hey, uh, before we get going, mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but it's been on my mind all day. Mm. I keep having these really vivid dreams. Oh. What a, that's so weird that you say that because I've also been having these really weird, vivid dreams. What what happens in your dream? Well, I mean, they start pretty much like this. It's us doing the podcast, and uh huh, uh-huh. it comes time to do the cold open right before the theme song comes in, mm-hmm. and we're just like, on second thought, let's not do that this week. Dan, I've been having that exact same dream. Perfect. This week on King Me, choose your side. This is The Stand 2020. King Me. For sure. For sure. Uh, Welcome to King Me. Welcome. The official Stephen King, the official Stephen King movie podcast, the official podcast of kinging me, the official podcast of being kinged by me mm-hmm. mercilessly, the official <laughs> podcast of uh, going going to live in Colorado, uh, the most the most famously hospitable climate in the United States of America. <laughs> Good old Colorado. Ah, Colorado. A safe haven for a bunch of fucking dorks, man. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not at all. No. Just fooling. Yeah. Uh, they're all right. Our gang. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> I, I have some issues. You, uh... You're not into that that old uh, dog dick Stu Redman, <laughs> as he's described. <laughs> that old dog, that old dog dick. <laughs> Isn't that what he calls him? Does he, he call does. him a dog you're, dick you're at right. one point? Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I think he's fine. I think some of the other people maybe not so great. Surely you're not talking about Scamber Heard. <laughs> Scamber. Scamber's here, folks. Oh man, are we gonna are we gonna talk about Scamber Herd? We're gonna talk about a lot of people, and among them, of course, is Scamber Herd, mm-hmm. um, James Marsden, Odessa Young, Alexander Skarsgård. We are talking about the uh, nobody asked for this adaptation <laughs> of the Stand. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people were asking for it, actually. I say that, but like, this seems like the kind of thing that people will be like, we're due for another bite at the apple. Yes. So I, I wasn't asking for it. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, this came out in 2020. We had, you know. Um, uh, There's some other stuff going on. There, was, there were a few other. I mean, there was other stuff going on, but similar stuff. Um, yeah. I, I remember when, like, when they talked about this production i was intrigued because i mean there was just the one adaptation from 1994 um, sure and it was very much like a tv movie right and i you know this was going to be originally it was going to be on like showtime 
Uh, then it got moved to one of the streamers, whatever. Like it just became a streaming service thing. Yes, this is a Paramount Plus original. Right, credit where it's due. Yeah, um, and the idea of like a maybe a, a more gory or more like a darker version of you know or something closer to the book, you know, seemed mm. intriguing. And like you know, we we can. We make prestige television now. Maybe they'll fucking knock this out of the park. I don't think they did. Um, I don't either. Um, yeah. Prestige television. Are there two more loathsome words? <laughs> it's very much the opposite of cellar door. Is it not? It is. I think. Yeah. yeah we may. I think we're out of the prestige television thing. I think we probably have been for a little bit now. Um, yeah. But yeah, yes and no, right? Like some of the stuff there is are like <clears throat> super solid and really, you know, uh, like excellent stuff. You have your successions, like that's some top tier HBO kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's like a ton of stuff that like tries to pass it off, pass itself off as prestige when it's just your know, common trash. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much of like quote-unquote prestige is like a visual aesthetic and um there is a way we've talked about it ad nauseum i i would say probably like the ways in which you can sort of like approximate thought or not approximate but impersonate thoughtfulness yeah right you can like pull one pull the wool over the eyes of the viewer and be like what maybe you're not thinking hard enough about this right yeah yeah it's it's a real like uh emperor's new clothes kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah really like i mean i felt it so much in this like there's so many scenes that sort of pass themselves off as just like character moments that right just drag complete ass yep really really tough to get through (laughs) yeah and you know it would be one thing if like this cast was kind of knocking it out of the park but Mm -hmm. you get all all levels of competence here you really do you know god bless god bless her lord knows she's been through a lot but scamber is not a strong (laughs) scactor uh yeah, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm willing to cut her some slack. Uh, you know, she was probably going through a lot at the time. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, only Can I, I, I not to ta- like, I, you know, the the whole her personal life, her whole thing with Johnny Depp. I don't care. Like, I care as much as like I don't want people to abuse each other. But I'm not. Uh, I certainly don't. You know, care enough in it. Like a, uh, you know. Tabloidy way, in a way where you would say, call her scamper. Well, I just don't have an opinion on like their relationship outside of it's bad to abuse your partner. Yeah, from what I understand, it seemed like it was going in both directions, but also like yeah, like you think about like a person like Johnny Depp who is what like fifty years old, who's been a famous person for the last thirty five ish years. Like, what kind of hey. normal human being is he going to be? <laughs> right. Yeah, same thing with Amber Heard. Like, you know, she's been in movies for, like, 20 years at this point. And, yeah. you know, but she's not going to be Never a normal person. Never stood a chance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a good point. 
Um, all right, I won't pick on her. I will pick on um, Odessa Young, who plays uh, Franny. Now there, we yeah, we can really now. Would you be surprised to learn that she is yet another filthy Australian stealing our good American acting jobs? They're taking our jobs. They're coming from <laughs> the south of the border and also the very far west of the border. <laughs> yeah, they're coming from the the yeah the Pacific West, and um, I also kind of feel like uh, British people are stealing our jobs too. I mean, you watch that was. You watch, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, you know, Succession, not to keep bringing that up, but like too many of them are British or Australian. <laughs> yeah. Bo- both Tom and Shiv are British and Australian, respectively. Right. And fucking uh, uh, Kendall is British. Uh, I didn't know Kendall was British. Oh, he is That's cr- so British. That's actually pretty shocking. He's very good at his job. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hold on. Now I have to look. Nope. I'm, I'm lying. He's not. I okay. could have sworn he was, though. What mm. am I thinking of? Hmm. Well, I'll figure it out. He's from Boston, which is the least British place you could be from. It's anti-British. Right. They, they actually have a, yeah, they have a very they have a rich history, history. Uh, yeah, of, of not being British. Of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, Odessa Young as uh, Franny Goldsmith. Uh, quick, not great. No, not great. We'll we'll get into it further. Um, uh, King alum Owen Teague as Harold uh, Louder. Yes, yes. He was course. in uh, the It films as yes. one of. Uh, oh yeah, the the skinny one that dies. Uh, Patrick Hockstetter. Yeah, one of the toughs. Yeah. Um, he, I wish he was better than he is. Yep. He's not, he's not only bad in this, mm-hmm. but when he's bad, it's like, it's too much. It's way too much. He goes way too big. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a little bit of like, remember in Lawnmower Man 2, of course, lost in New York <laughs> when he, uh, fucking what's his name? What's his name? Who G- plays, uh, Frewer, Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer, yeah, he would do like these big comedic beats and kind of do like a cheap Jim Carrey. Don't yeah. play it. Oh, you don't. All want right, it. go ahead. Go ahead. Incest, the game the whole family can play. My brother's my daddy. <laughs> yeah, that and one. Sure. Yeah, there's just like it. It was that. It reminded me of that same kind of broadness where I was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> too big. But I also think he's got like this incredibly expressive face. He does. But also a big face. It's <laughs> so it is big. It's a big expressive face. So it's very he is one of those people who looks like those Halloween masks that are like a sports ball with like a crazy face on it. Right. I you yeah. Know? What, what were those sports balls with the crazy faces from like the early nineties? Hmm. Mad balls or oh. something like that? It was like a thing you could buy. Yeah. It was almost like it was around the same time that like garbage pail kids were popular. Like they were popular in the eighties. And then these, these, I want to say, I think they're called mad balls and they were literally like a hardcore band. (laughs) Yeah. Um, not mad ball. Yeah. Mad balls. That's it. They were, that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh my God. My brain is so fucking (laughs) broken. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is the kind of thing you'll be telling your hospice nurse. 100%. Like, in 1991, I had a mad ball. <laughs> You're going to look up at her and be like, Welcome to King Me, the official Stephen King movie podcast. I had a podcast once. Uh, where's my Where's my soundboard? I want... <laughs> I want to play Spooky Monster. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh boy. Um that is my future. Um <laughs> uh, no, so uh, what were we talking? Mad mad uh oh this guy his Owen big, crazy yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, I think um if you have a big old face like that, um you got to be able to control it, you know? It can't For sure. You can't be He's like Cyclops without his visor. <laughs> <laughs> totally. If you're going to make like a big like you know big huge smile or something you have to understand that it's bigger than the average smile and you gotta Mm. maybe maybe adjust for that you know yeah overall uneven but not terrible Mm -hmm. i think um i think whoopi goldberg is like she doesn't get a lot to do but despite seeming to forget her name in one scene Uh i think she's good you think she so I think she's good. Whoopi is a big fan. She's a big horror fan, and she loves Stephen King. And really? Yeah, and she was like, she was very eager to play this part, which makes me think that, I don't know, maybe it was something else, not her forgetting her name uh, in that one scene. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, um, yeah, when she was, like, approached to do it, she was, yeah, she was, like, all about it. Wow, you seem to know a lot about uh, Whoopi and the character of Mother Abigail Fremantle. I'm wondering if we should do the new segment I made now. I was going to save it for the end, but... Oh, no, let's do it now, then. Seems like... All right. This is our new segment, Mother Abigail or Father Abignail, where I will ask you a series of questions... And you will have to tell me if I am describing Mother Abigail Fremantle from The Stand mm-hmm. or Frank Abagnale Sr., from. Christopher Walken's character from Catch Me If You Can. Okay. Rob, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, real quick, what was Spacey's name in House of Cards? Wasn't it similar to that? I thought... Oh, no, it's Frank Underwood. Never mind. Never mind. Um, I just watched... Um, you know his his trilogy of Christmas uh, videos. Um, okay, well, so. you kind of kind of spoiled something that was coming up later. Oh no! Okay, go ahead, go ahead, continue, continue. Anyway. All right, first question. Yep. Adult of the corn, field of literal dreams. This Hemingford home resident appears to uh, appears to God's anointed in dreams set in a cornfield. Rob, Mother Abigail, or Father Abigail. <laughs> Uh, is it, that's Mother Abigail, I believe. That is correct. Yeah. That is one point on the board for Rob. Next question. <laughs> okay. This character wooed the mother of his or her same name son in a crowded dance hall in the small French town of Montrichard. <laughs> Rob, I ask you, Mother Abigail or Father Abignail? Uh, Father Abignail. Correct. Frank Abagnale Sr. famously wooed his wife, the mother of Frank Abagnale Jr. in the small French town of Montrichard. Mm-hmm. That's two points for Rob. All right. <clears throat> All right. We got a few more here, so let's just yeah. keep it moving right along. Yep. Question. 
Upon his arrival at the Boulder Free Zone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Upon. Oh, sorry, sorry. I wrote the question with incredibly confusing uh, syntax. Let's sure. see if you can parse this one out. All right. Upon his arrival at the Boulder Free Zone, this Hemingford home resident can't <laughs> help but to ask rock and roller Larry Underwood to sing her or him a song. Rob, is that Mother Abigail or Father Abigail? Who asks Larry Underwood to sing him or her a song? Uh, that would be Mother Abigail. That is correct. Wow. Three for three. All right. This. All right. Okay. Next question is a multiple choice. Okay. Okay. And here's the question. All right. Two mice fell into a bucket of cream. <laughs> the first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned the cream into butter and crawled out. Who right. was that second mouse? Now, before you answer, okay. I, again, this is multiple choice, so you right. will be able to choose from either A, Mother Abigail, or B, Frank Abagnale Sr. <laughs> uh, Frank Abagnale Sr.? I'm going to need a letter. Oh, B. I'm sorry. B. That's correct. Four for four. <laughs> Very good, Rob. Yep. Next Thank question. Yep. This next question will conclude part one of the quiz. <laughs> and, and we can discuss whether or not you want to do part two now or save it till next week. Okay. But, or maybe later in the episode we'll do it. Sure. Okay. Final question for now. Yep. I'm calling it. Okay. This Hemingford home resident has hair similar to the twins from Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> That's Mother Abigail. <laughs> that is correct. Also, similar little glasses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is kind of biting their steez, isn't she? <laughs> mm -hmm. A little bit. A little bit. I want dreadlocks like those twins. That's right. That's trickle down drip. Oh, way to go, Rob. So you are five for five on the Mother awesome. Abigail or Father Abigail quiz. And there, there will be a part two coming up as we get into I love it. some of the other characters <laughs> of the show. Um, so, since, yeah, we uh, let's let's keep going with the cast because um, yep. there's a lot of them here. Um, so we talked about Whoopi. Uh, as Mother Abigail Freeman. Uh, what is this? The dating game? <laughs> for uh, for all the talk about Whoopi, I would have thought we were playing the dating game. Yeah, what what was that fucking <clears throat> dork's name? The the host of that show. He he, oh. he hosted like the dating game and yeah. something about like newlywed game. Yeah yeah yeah. And he's oh like, that's the one I was thinking of. I'm reeling at. And I'm he realizing. also has like bad politics. He's like I'm um, look. I just listened to a podcast about this guy. Really? I can't remember his name. Uh, Charles Hirsch Barris. Mm, no, uh, that's not who I'm thinking Oh, you're thinking... Oh, sorry. He created it, but he only hosted the gong show. Yeah. Wait. Charles Barris. Isn't that... Um, yeah. The gong show guy. He, he's gong the one, show guy. Yeah. He... That... that uh, but he also or, created... Yeah, the dating on. show and sorry, he he also created the dating game and the newlywed game. Yeah, there was that um, uh, that movie directed by uh, Clooney. Yes. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that called? 
Yeah, I can figure that out real quick. But also, was the other guy you were thinking of Bob Eubanks? That, it was Eubanks. That was it. Uh, the And the movie is called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind That's based it. on his fake autobiography. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, where he just lied yeah. about being in the CIA. <laughs> um, yeah. How do we get on Eubanks? Um, dating game. Dating game. You were saying he's, uh, he's oh yeah, whoopee. got shitty politics. Oh, whoopee, yes. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one of those guys. Wow. Um, we made it out. <laughs> we made it out. You got to dig yourself backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we got... Uh, I'm going to... Henry... Uh, Henrique? Henrique? Henrique, uh, probably. Yeah, probably Henrique. Yeah. Uh, Zaga as Nick Andros. Um, now, Nick Andros played by Rob Lowe yes. in, in the original miniseries. Right. High bar being set sure. for just like beautiful man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think he blows him out of the water. I think so too. I think, uh, uh, Henrique is pretty, uh, he's full stop. Yeah. He's just pretty, he's pretty. Yeah. He's just he's pretty. a beautiful man. Yeah. He he looks like what I what I picture Jesus to look like. He looks like a Jesus, you know, hmm. like a Christ. perhaps probably just a coincidence. Probably a right? coincidence has yeah. nothing to do with the story, since he is basically the voice of God. Well, sort of the opposite, but right, you know, he's the voice of Mother Abigail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hmm. mm. he's very good at um doing like kind eyes like. When yeah. Rob Lowe does it, you're like you're you're a psychopath. I know you're a psycho. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I um, you're not, you're not fooling anyone. Uh, yeah, um, I, honestly, I think he he's so much better than Rob Lowe. Um, I, I just remember Rob Lowe. Remember, like it was w- Rob Lowe playing a person who was deaf and mute, right? So. Mm-hmm he was going like very big with all of his expressions. I just remember him like, you know, Tom Cullen said something to him or whatever. And he just goes like, mm-hmm. and he just like, he has like, ah, like a big, like exaggerated head nod or something. And I was just, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh God. And remember when, um, there's that scene when a beautiful woman walks by and, his eyes shoot out of his head and his roll, his tongue unfurls like a red carpet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. It's, it's too, too much. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think this guy playing uh, Nick is, is pretty good. I agree. I agree. Um, you know who I was thrilled to see here? Who's that? He's next on the list here. Greg Kinnear. Ah, Greg Kinnear. I think, Okay. Greg Kinnear in this uh-huh. and Michael Caine in Children of Men. Yep. Same vibe. Are both, I mean, same vibe. Also, like, the ideal vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anyone you would rather be than, like, a no a, an I, older man in a sweater <laughs> in your, like, bougie house just it's, listening to records and hanging out? Oh, my God. It's, I mean, it's... I literally think about it every other day. <laughs> I, I would gladly go out the way I would go out children of men style. Oh if yeah. It meant I got to live one day in that fucking house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's, Oh my God. 
that house is amazing. Uh, yeah, it, fucking Michael Caine's whole vibe in that is so, I don't know, just great. I So, with Greg Kinnear, I, I agree with you. I like his whole deal. I like his lifestyle, it, whatever. He <laughs> seems super chill about the apocalypse. I, I dig it. Um, yeah. Well, he's already lost his wife. He's he's already suffered the worst right. loss anyone could suffer. Yeah, you don't even give a shit about this apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I do find his character a bit annoying. Um, well, kind of annoying with uh, just like he's he's just sort of like um, like a yeah. Boomer. Why are you gonna? Why are you going to be a boomer lib after the apocalypse? Yeah, right? it's very like intellectual boomer lib kind of a thing, yeah. which is like, I, I don't even necessarily disagree with anything that he's saying, but I don't know. Maybe it's like his, just the way he's presenting it or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's something yeah. that just rubs me wrong about this guy. I, I do think it's weird, like kind of, it takes me out of the story a little bit to have someone just be like, I don't know, maybe full, like full and complete transparency is the only way to do this. Right. Like you're so beholden to like a, a very outdated sense of morality. Like everybody's dead. Yeah. And you, I guess as a consequence of just like eating caviar and drinking (laughs) nice wine in your cool house, uh, and just painting all the time. You haven't really like gone into survival mode yet. Like that does seem like a key. So by the way, his uh, Greg Kinnear's character is Glenn Bateman. Yes. He's played by for Glenn those plays keeping. Uh, I mean, I get, I'm sure he would say just, he was so immersed in the character that sometimes it felt like he was being played by Glenn Bateman. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he, I guess that's like a pretty big distinction between him and the other Hemingford heads is that they like, they all went through some shit right? and he kind of just like wrote it out at home. Yeah, he He's already sort of, been alone. Yeah. 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 He was just, he was just vibing. Was, he was just going to stay there. He like he just, only, he was hitting only his left pen and like, ju- like that was, yeah, it was him and his, his cool golden retriever. Right. Like, I would never have left if I were him. I think he made a big mistake. By you, I, you know what? I don't. I don't even. I don't disagree with that. Don't you kind of, like? Don't you kind of feel like whatever's this battle between good and evil? Yeah. If you're not, it's not your business. Yeah. If you're not, well, that, so you know, Greg Kinnear's character is having the same like dreams that everybody else is having of Mother Abigail, right? Mm. Um how funny would it be if like the, the four other people went to Boulder, did all that stuff. And like mother Abigail is just constantly, it's, it's like sending Greg Kinnear dreams. Yeah. And, and he's just like, not doing it. I am mm-hmm. not going. Look at my place. Look at this. Like, I'm not going. He just starts taking like Ambien so that he yeah, stops. He, he starts he having dreaming. weirder dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. So uh, he plays Glenn Bateman and now. Okay, Brad William Henk as Tom Collin. Mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, look, 
I don't know why a, they made him look like Walter Sobchak. I don't know apart that. Apart from the part, that's a question we're not going to be able to answer on this show. No. He does look exactly like Walter Sobchak. He, I mean, uh, yeah, he's so big. He, like He's a big dude. He's a big guy. And you're right. He does have, like, Walter Sobchak uh, outfit. Like, his whole outfit is very similar. Also, it's something very specific, but John Goodman in Big Lebowski and uh, this guy as Tom Cullen, they have those, like, big guy calves that have been, like, walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's almost yep. like a like a like part of the costume <laughs> to me. <laughs> I fully agree. I did, like, like, I obviously, like, you know, you look at him at first glance and you're like, all right, well, it's kind of just like maybe the beard and the haircut and the glasses. It's like facially they don't look the same. Right. Then they cut to the wide shot. And yeah, you see um, <laughs> two, two big fat calves just like whole prosciutto sized calves <laughs> yeah, sticking out of those military. Of over yeah, here. those like Timberland <laughs> boots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, damn, OK, right, you man. you're sturdy. Um, and I also I mean that the part of Tom Cullen uh, playing a mentally challenged person um, an M-O-O-N is (laughs) (laughs) it's just I mean like it's just uh, that I I mean that's got to be just an incredibly difficult role to play right like you you have to portray the character you know be you know be true to the story and the character and so but also like not go over the top. Yeah. Um, you know, not, I think, um, yeah, for sure. Like it, it's an incredibly, it's hard to thread it's a that really needle. fine line. Arguably there's no right way to do it. Like, sure. it, I think you can make a pretty strong case for that, Yeah, but things being as they are, but um, like- it's yeah, it's like, right. Like I think he does a, really good job in the scene when they're in new Vegas and um, what's her name comes up to him, Dana, Dana. Um, And the sort of like slow realization of what's happening for him. Yes. I like, I think he plays that like extremely well. (laughs) I agree. I, I I like this actor. I've seen him in other stuff before. Um, He'll like, I don't know. He just pops up and he, for like a big guy, he doesn't play like big guy roles necessarily. Right. Like, yeah, he's not like you, you look at that guy and you're like, he's probably like plays tough guys in other movies or something. And he's not, he just plays like normal people. He just happens to be enormous. Or sure. He, he looks enormous in the show next to the guy who plays Nick Andros, who is like a waif. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all a right. twink and his daddy. Let's let's fucking get into it, Dan. I Smash cut the apocalypse. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Now, so we watched the first five episodes here, right? And each mm-hmm. episode kind of um, gives backstory on our main characters. The first episode is mostly about like Stu Redman and uh, Franny and Harold. Like we see, uh, you know what their life was like beforehand a little bit, um, and then like it, it, the non-linear storytelling 
I gotta say, I hate it. Uh, I I think it's totally unnecessary, um, and I, I if it doesn't serve the story at all, if there's no like reveal that like something in the past is now happening, you know, uh, affecting something in the present, in like yeah. a real way, there's no there's there's really no, no reason for it. One million percent, all it really serves to do is make this story feel like it's taking for fucking ever. Well, right. I exactly like the, if we're following all these people in what is like the present day. Yeah. um, You know, we're, we're seeing all of everything that's happening, like whatever, like halfway into the story. Right. Yeah. And, and then we're flashing back. It, there's no buildup to anything. No, You're, you you I, get no buildup in the present day. Also, no buildup in the past because they're just they're working off each other in this weird un uh, unfulfilling way. Right. Yeah. I th- I mean I think the big issue is like nobody's pasts really are relevant to. Well, right. The present. It's so like yeah, and that's what you're saying, right? Like there's no payoff. Like. All that really happens in the past is that we see how they physically got to where they are now. Right. Like Which geographically. Like, right. Which like all of the stuff leading up to them getting to Boulder, if they play that all out in like a linear way. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's the fucking story. Like <laughs> you start your characters off in the place that they come from. And then they're off on their journey. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't work if we already know they made it to their destination. Totally. Especially like, yeah, someone like fuck right. All the tension of like, Oh shit. Is, uh, Harold just going to like fucking kill Franny or like, is he going to do something terrible to Franny is, uh, fucking what's his name? Um, Larry, like he's got a drug addiction. How is that right. going to matter? Or is someone standing near him just going to kill themselves? Right. <laughs> right. For, for seemingly no reason, like it, that, zero, zero fucking the, the whole thing justification with, for that. Yeah. Yeah. The thi- the whole thing with like Heather Graham and all of that whole episode, it's just like, oh, man, this is like, it's dragging on forever. And the fact that we've already seen Larry um, show up at Boulder with Scamber and the the boy Joe, right? Mm. And we know that Heather Graham isn't there. Like, all right, well, we know that, like, she doesn't make it for whatever reason. Right. Like, I don't know, this story doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? it doesn't even know how to, like... <sighs> okay, so, like, compare it to, like, The Outsider, where it's, like, starring Jason Bateman, and yeah. then he is instantly assassinated right right Uh, and it's truly shocking like we've talked about it um they can't even get they can't even land that freaking plane where it's like you you did a a pretty clever thing by like casting a not that like not that she's still felicity shagwell levels of famous but (laughs) you know like that's a name and like such a particular face and presence right you know, like she's kind of weird <laughs> is yeah. is really what I mean by that. No, you're right. Um, um, it's it's wasted because it's it like is. we know she's somehow she's gone. It doesn't right. even matter how. It, exactly. And like, yeah, I don't, 
it's it also it's sort of like all of the sort of like smaller cameos and whatever just kind just make me feel a little uh upset that these actors aren't in the rest of the show like jk simmons as the general yeah i i thought he like really crushed it and i was like oh man i wish he was like around for the whole fucking i wish he played glenn even though greg kinnear is good but like, I just wish he was around more. Yeah, know? for sure. Same thing um, with fucking he, Hamish Linklater, man. Dude, come on. I mean, if the man is so good as an <laughs> ill-fated uh, fucking like military doctor or something, does yeah. he play like the exact same character on Legion? Like, Basically, yeah. He's like a little more evil, but like yeah. not even really. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like. His whole his his character being like the whatever military doctor or whatever the fuck it is, um, and his whole interaction with like James Marsden and how he's like, you know, how he's playing up, um, you know, he's he's just like he's cracking jokes like yeah gallows humor kind of shit. Um, I love him so much. Every time he's on I screen, I fucking right? love him. He's so he's fucking good. So, he's so good. He's so charming. And he's just right. like, when things take a turn for him, you hate it. Yeah, you, I hate you it. You simply hate it. Yeah. I just mean, like, in anything, right? No, like, oh, even yeah. in fucking Midnight Mass, like, sure. the, 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 the man who killed an entire town you're still like damn you really didn't know what you were doing huh oh man you, that's so sad yeah i forgive you though buddy <laughs> yeah you're all right you're, you're all right in my book no i just i don't know good um, news you're going to heaven he he just he had some like some really good line deliveries and i don't know he i just thought he was really excellent and i, I was just, i was sad to see him go yeah um so did you like yeah. um in Stu's little origin story. Yeah. When the psycho military doctor comes in and Stu sticks him with the scalpel and just a big geyser of pus comes out. Yep. That was pretty good. I thought so too. I didn't think it would kill him though. I was surprised. Yeah. The, um, so in this version of the, the stand, um, it's a little bit more graphic than the 94 version, right? Uh, all the people, they like, they swell up and their necks get like really like like frog frog like. Yeah, they get big goiters. They big yeah big goiters um, that they eventually like choke on their own like mucus or whatever. Yeah, um, people are just like covered in mucus. Yeah, like just, they're shiny with mucus. Oh, it's so gross. It really is. Um, but so, yeah, when that that one guy comes in and. Him and James Marsden, him and Stu already had like a little bit of a back and forth. Not even that like fucking terrible, but this guy is just like really pissed off that Stu is still alive. And yeah, pretty much. Dying, yeah, you know, <laughs> and he's just pissed that he's he's gonna lose here. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I I I I do like James Marsden. I think he works as this sort of like. Uh, He's not like entirely like aw shucks, but yeah, he's a, a little, little bit aw shucks. He's a little aw shucks. Um, he in this, I think, is like, I think he's playing the guy that John Krasinski thinks he is in real life. 
Yeah. Like you know that. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. he's just like a bit salt of the earth. You know, he's like, he's a military man. Right. <laughs> Everyone likes him. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't alienated the, yeah. much of the public through his, you know, general weirdness. Um, also, he's like actually handsome and right. not like his face was like, he doesn't look like one of those stress toys you squeeze in the extremity shootout. <laughs> uh, I also I kind of, I think James Marsden is a good actor, and it, it, like he can't. He was never like a leading man, although I you know he's like leading man handsome probably, or maybe he's just like a a, a degree or two off from leading man handsome. Um, he's a bit mousy. I guess that's the worst you could say about him. Yeah, maybe he's a little mousy. He's like a big strong mouse. But like there the scene where. Um, him and Franny and Harold are having dinner in Boulder, right? And yeah. Harold is telling that weird story about the ice cream cone and yeah. whatever else, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the whole time, uh, Marsden is like, he's listening to the story and he's he's playing a guy who's listening and pretending to be interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, and he, yeah. And he's like, He's listening and he's like laughing along and he's like, oh yeah, like giving it like the 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 call and response, even though he's like only half listening and just like trying to you know get the story going, and yeah, it's I don't know I I was watching that and I'm like I you're I see what you're doing man it's I think it works <laughs> yeah I agree I I think uh, I think he's like totally pretty good um, I've I also haven't seen it but. Um, that show Jury Duty, I think he's on, and he plays like himself. He, yeah, I have like a fictionalized version of himself. I've heard, yeah. I've heard he's, I've heard he's good in that. Also, I mean, that's also I, kind of the perfect actor for something like that, where he's like totally, definitely famous. Yeah, but like, yeah, he might, he might have to get, he might have the jury duty. He might, he's <laughs> not famous enough to get out of it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, this guy, the guy playing Lloyd. Uh, Nat Wolf. Yeah. What'd you think of him? All right. So I I like the performance. I think that that guy Lloyd, like being like a small time criminal or whatever, and then being uh, Flag's right hand man. Yeah. Um, you know, in the in Vegas, like being, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever the hierarchy thing is, but like his whole like sleazy sort of Vegas guy vibe. Uh, Oh yeah. It's just, that is really perfect for that character. I think, um, also his, like his real, like insecurity and the, like losing his erection, uh, at, at the mention of flag. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good. He's like, you know, he's running everything except for the stuff that Randall flag runs and he controls everything. And yeah, whatever he, yeah, he, there's, um, I thought I thought he was good too. It's like I think it's broad in like uh it is broad. Broad parentheses non-derogatory. Like yeah. it's I think it really serves the character. Um also just like I mean again, talking about like good faces for the roles they're given. This <laughs> yeah. guy like if you look at normal pictures of him, you're like, "Oh, this is a good-looking guy." Right. But in this role, he just is so 
what's the word? Like his bone structure is that of like, like a pill dealer at like, yes. who sells to like high school kids. Like, right. That like, yes, a hundred percent. He like the, the performance, but yes, his face. Yes. He looks like, he looks like a guy who, uh, just got millions of dollars and this is what he's, you know, using it for it's just yes like yeah stupid like red leather uh suits yeah uh, you know a ton of fedoras and shit like that uh but also like right like his face is very like yeah he looks like a fucking like a meth dealer or something yeah. like that yeah for sure i al- i also feel like he maybe has like the clearest sort of like instructions baked into the script where it's like this guy's always been second fiddle and not in control of his life right Right. And like, he's just been sort of forced to react to whatever's happening around him. Yep. He does it good. He's like, sort of just like a nervous, jittery, like squirrel guy. <laughs> he's a squirrel, uh, he's a guy. squirrel <laughs> dressed in like a pimp costume. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so pretty into him. Yes. What do you think of Alexander Skarsgård? Well, he's fine. I, I'm very nonplus so far. Like I, I, I'm uh, unimpressed. I, I, I agree with you. I think the performance is maybe it's a little boring so far. What? Like in com- in comparison to the original miniseries. Sure. Fuck man. Like how? I mean, <laughs> d- right. I my t- memory is like all denim all day. Yeah. And yeah. So what were you gonna say? No. Well, yeah. That guy. I mean. Uh, Skarsgård is wearing all denim as well, but I okay. So I I really it's too tasteful. <laughs> I like uh, Randall Flagg's look in this. I like the beard, the hair, and whatever. Uh, but I agree that like, and maybe it's because he hasn't had much to do besides like, uh, you know, just like one on one sort of interactions uh, with people, like in the dreams or you know in the hotel or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it is a little like, it's a little boring so far. Not a lot going on with him. Um, for, you know, a guy who is the devil or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, I did think I did like, not that this is really a performance thing, but I did think it's funny. Um, when he says that he's friends with, I forget his name, the acting, coach like the famous oh Stanislavski Stanislavski I thought that was a funny thing to throw in I know I wrote that down (laughs) yeah I I was was like it's really funny that Randall Flagg was acting to like acting like he just died and he was like yeah I used to be friends with Stanislavski (laughs) he showed me some stuff yeah like that is, I don't know, pretty good. Y- you know where that scene's going as soon as it happens, and right. I feel like that, like that was enough to get me to be like, all right, that was that was, that was cool because it goes on for a while too. It does, I know. Um, so I mean, we can run through uh, the plot. You know, obviously, everybody who is listening to this, I assume you already know, but if you don't, um. Stan is a story about Captain Trips, a virus that um, is uh, it's me- it's made by our military, and it is accidentally released, and it kills like ninety nine point nine percent of the world's population. Mm-hmm. And the people that are left over, um, if you if you're like a good person, 
Um, you, you get called to Boulder, Colorado. And then if you're a bad person, you get called to New Vegas. Um, and yeah, we talked about our main characters here. Or as I like to call it, New Wages. <laughs> um, let's... What, like... Oh, there was a... Um, I also wanted to point out, right? Um, Owen King, Stephen King's other son, is one of the writers on this show. And he's credited with writing three episodes. But I assume it's some sort of writer's room situation. But Yeah. Um, he's just sitting there eating. He's putting bugles on his fingers, making yeah. it look like witch's fingers. <laughs> right. Like Stephen King is like, can you give my boy a job? <laughs> <laughs> can you get him in here? <laughs> um, let's see. Um, oh, the voice of the president. So like in the very, in the beginning when everything is like falling to shit. And I think Franny is home and it's before she tries to kill herself She's listening. Uh, she's listening to the radio, or it's a news report on TV, and we hear the president's voice, and he's like coughing and whatever. Uh, that actor is Brian Cranston. Yes, uh, uh, Walter White. Yeah, Walter White. Heisenberg. <laughs> um, you know who's coming up in a cameo in the in a later episode? Who's that? Slick Mick himself, Mister oh, Hocus Hocus himself. Did you uh, did you see that? Did you, have you watched this before? I have not. Okay. Um, I started watching it when it came out, and I was like, oh, "This is too much. <laughs> this is too fucking like, boring." Yeah. And I'm gonna have to watch it for the podcast. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have to live it. it in three <laughs> yeah. months. Yeah. No, uh, that was the thing. I watched it like after the pandemic started. I was like, I don't actually think this is the best thing for me right now. I know, totally. Yeah. So the production, right? Um, they filmed it in. They started filming in 2019, and they finished filming Dan in March of 2020. Just Do you think they were like, the "All right, wire. let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go"? <laughs> let's go uh, let's and then go. it came out in December, and uh, yeah, that was it's a little. It was a little much, I think. Everybody it's was in still poor taste. Yeah, everybody was still very much doing? feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, right, our, our, our cast of characters, um, they, they head towards their, uh, you know, mostly like most of them are heading towards Boulder. We're following the good guys here for the most part. Um, that Heather Graham episode, uh, no sidebar. I have like a bunch of like sort of sidebar notes here, just like mm-hmm. things that I've noticed. So the episode, the only episode with Heather Graham right? There's one and that's it. Um, every episode ends with like some sort of song playing over the credits. Right. And I guess they're supposed to have some sort of a relevance to the story. Um, that one, that the Heather Graham episode also had, um, that was the one where Lloyd was in prison and then, uh, flag got him out. Right. Yeah. And they play that song, um, I got a brand new pair of roller skates, you got a brand new key. That yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, uh, we got to get that clean on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so that song is the same song that plays the first time that um, Heather Graham's character uh, has sex with uh mark Wahlberg's character in boogie nights what like she like 
they uh i don't know if you've ever seen boogie nights but like um what it like sh- uh what's his name burt reynolds you know basically says t- tells mark Wahlberg, i'm a producer like i want to see you have sex um heather graham is one of the porn stars so she is you know she's like are we gonna do the you know she's very like kind of matter of fact about it and then she puts on that song and she her name is roller girl in the movie like she never takes off her roller skates like that's the joke i guess yeah but it's i i don't know i find it so really that's so strange and like in this it sort of applies because like uh flag hands uh lloyd a key right to like let him out of the cell but he also is like you know right. for him to hang on to so like yes. I, I don't know i i don't know what to make of that it was just something it, that was really strange oh like it is strange yeah it, so i i have not seen uh, boogie nights so when i watched it, i was like okay you got a brand new key you got a brand new key right. got it but that makes it so that symmetry i find so preposterous it is yeah yes. no it's very disorienting it, it's it was so disorienting and like it's it, it that can't be a coincidence right like i i, I don't think so I, I feel like i mean it's you know like boogie nights is a pretty popular movie like a lot of people have seen it you know i find it hard to believe that you're someone who puts together soundtracks for TV and film and you've never seen Boogie Nights. Right. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very popular movie. Right. It, it, right. It would be like, I don't know if there was like a scene with like John Travolta and Uma Thurman and they played that fucking like at the end credits, they played that like song from Pulp Fiction where like they're dancing at the, that yeah, fifties well, place or whatever. It would be like it would be like if it would be more like if John Travolta was in a scene and then a different character uh, crammed a coolerator with TV dinners and ginger ale, which is a line <laughs> from the song that plays while they're dancing. <laughs> right, right. Just, I don't know. Just very that that was like that bumped me. I, I was I was able to. I don't know. I just noticed. That. Yeah, that is that is so odd. Um. That's the, winking for its own sake. I, I gotta say, one of the big things, this, so this series is nine episodes long, and it's, it fucking drags, man. Yeah. There's like, there are, like, episode three, um, it, it, it like, we see, uh, uh, Nadine's, that's where we get, like, her backstory, and uh, like her childhood and how like Randall Flagg has always like been in her life and in her head and this like presence. Um, uh, And, you know, that's that that works. That's good and whatever. But like, I don't know. I just felt like that whole episode, that was the one where we sort we met Nick too. And, uh, or we got Nick's backstory and uh, what's his name? Uh, M O O N that spells Tom, Tom Cullen. Cullen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's weird. Yeah. Every, uh, and every one of these episodes is they're every bit of an hour long. To, uh, yes, totally. And I'm just like, all I could think the whole time I was watching is like the, the original miniseries is four episodes. Right. So it's not like you, and I'm sure like I've, 
we haven't read the book. I mean, I haven't read the book. I'm assuming you haven't either. either. No, we should, we should read the book. Um, (laughs) not into it. Okay. (laughs) I'll read fine. I'll fucking read it. Um, but you can tell some version of this story in four episodes. Like I'm sure people are annoyed that things got left out or whatever. Yeah. But but even if they wanted to keep it at nine episodes, like each one of these episodes, if you shaved off like 15 minutes of each one. Yeah. They all of, it would all still work. You could totally all the story elements in it. And yeah, you could cut the, uh, sequence where, uh, Larry is going through the sewers that could be trimmed by, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. It feels like it goes on <laughs> for nine days. Oh my God. Yes. And only for him to like, get out of the sewer and you're like, dumb that. Yeah. That, he gets out of the <laughs> sewer. Also like that was also crazy to me that like he splits up with Heather Graham and then she just gets him out of the sewer. Like that's right. how that ends. Like that. Right. No, like she's fine. She's I totally like, fine. Moments before that, she was being chased by some like New York city marauders. Some guys who were sort of cosplaying uh heat. The big right. final scene from heat. <laughs> they were the big climactic scene from heat. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just, uh, so it, it, just drags on and on and on um the uh let's the characters um i did find them a bit one note right i think like uh like franny man i i feel like franny is kind of no note (laughs) just like no (laughs) no note yeah no note there's not much going on with her she's just kind of there Right, like if you ask, like, what is Franny's motivation for anything? Like, Stu, Stu is like, um, Stu wants to help rebuild, right? Stu wants to protect Franny. Stu wants to, um, you know, rebuild civilization, right? Yeah. Um, Harold, Harold wants to, uh, you know, fucking burn it all down he's so, he's oh. like this angry little incel kind of guy sorry by the way real quick on this subject yeah. of harold and uh, tying it back to the there's no fucking way they haven't seen boogie nights thing uh-huh. harold aping that picture of tom cruise oh my god while also being an incel like yeah come on that's like just just circling around magnolia <laughs> yeah <laughs> It is. <laughs> Wait, I right. So Harold has a, a picture that he cut out of a magazine of uh, Tom Cruise, and he's like smiling and he's pointing. He looks yeah. like he's going like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right." Exactly. right. Um, What'd you think of that? Well, so I and so Harold is just trying to imitate that in the in the mirror, so he can like appear more. Uh, human, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's a sociopath. Um, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it's weird to use Tom Cruise's. I like, I wasn't sure if they were trying to say something by using Tom Cruise's uh, picture because from like many accounts, like that's also like his deal is like, he doesn't know how to act like a human. So he just sort yeah. of imitates people. It felt very deliberate. Right. To me. Right. <laughs> like, um, 
it is sort of weird timing because I do feel like Tom Cruise has been sort of reclaimed by the public. Just sort of like we don't really we don't care if you're a, a Scientologist or yeah we don't care if you were, had a hand in um, the Shelley Miscavige's uh, disappearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, so in that sense, it's kind of weird. Ri- keep driving a motorcycle off a cliff and yeah. filming it. <laughs> Just keep doing that shit. <laughs> um, I th- I think it works. It, it's like a little on oh, the well, nose, but I, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily dislike it. I thought it was just like uh, I I I didn't know if they were trying to like make a comment on like Tom Cruise or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I think I think they were just using him as the shorthand for like if you're a guy who can't recognize uh, your own inhumanity or like like basic yeah if you're totally alienated from humanity you're gonna look at that guy and be like now there's a guy <laughs> now there's a guy now there's a normal humanity. human heterosexual and, uh, man <laughs> when we first so harold's whole thing is he he's in love with franny right he uh franny used to babysit him um so they're like a cut you know she's a couple years older or whatever and he's like he's this obsessive um you know, like jerking off to her picture uh, in his room. Um, then when the apocalypse happens and she, you know, the two of them are the only ones left in their town. Um, mm. He like, he's just gets like, I don't know. He's just so fucking weird about it. He's, you know, he's trying to like push some sort of a Adam and Eve, like narrative, like, Oh, this all ha- It was fate that we're the only two people, you know, left here. And, Yada yada. It is funny though that once they set off, uh, the first person they come across is a much more handsome man. Yeah, they 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 come across uh, yeah Stu, who's just like the opposite of Harold in every way. Yeah, (laughs) I I also liked Harold's line when he's sort of like trying to dissuade Franny from like you know joining up with Stu, bringing him into the fold. And he sort of like gives her an ultimatum. He's like, either you can come with me, who's been taking care of you the past few weeks, or you can throw in with that happy motherfucker. <laughs> I love. I think happy as an insult is so funny. I that I, you could throw in with that happy motherfucker and his dimples and his uh, dimples. Yeah, great yeah, line. That's, that's a great, great that's line. Pretty good line. Yeah. Also, um, they. That's how. Adam Sandler's character is referred to by Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems at one point. Someone calls him a happy motherfucker. <laughs> That's I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Just gets me every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so, so yeah. Yeah. Harold and Franny, right? So they do they run into Stu, but um they you know, it's all everybody's obviously nobody trusts anybody, so that they sort of go off. And like Franny is definitely more open to uh, you know, having Stu come with them, but you know, Harold is being difficult and whatever. Um, so they take off on their mopeds. Um, and, uh, that's when Stu, um, sort of stumbles upon Greg Kinnear's character, Glenn in the woods. And they have like a nice meal. They drink some wine. He tries <laughs> caviar out. for the first time. Yeah. Um, just, you know, they just have a nice time and, you know, they talk about mother Abigail and the dreams and so on. And, 
you know, Stu's like, oh, well, I'm heading to Boulder. Like, do you want to go? And, you know, Glenn is, Glenn is like, he's an intellectual, right? He's like a man of science. And this is like, I, I feel like that's sort of the reason that he's going is like, um, well, even when he's talking to Harold later on, he's like, he calls Harold a man of science. And he says, um, you're somebody that needs proof. And like, what, what more proof do you need? Right. Like our present situation here yeah. is sort of the proof. So yeah. like, you know, maybe you know, don't push against it so much and, you know, embrace it. Um, which, you know, that's, it's fine. Um, so they, uh, Stu convinces Glenn, um, to, you know, go to Boulder. Uh, they have a truck so they could actually drive there. Stu doesn't have to walk the whole way. Um, and that's when, uh, so Harold and Franny, uh, they come to, uh, this tractor trailer that's like sideways in the road and, uh, they can't get around it on the moped. So, you know, they're, they're walking up, they're trying to figure out how to like do whatever. And the driver is still alive and he's, uh, he's big. <laughs> yeah. He's a big, mean, nasty motherfucker. Um, and he immediately like, uh, you know, overpowers Harold makes him put on handcuffs. Um, and then he opens up the, the back, uh, like the, the trailer part. And there are two women in there and he's like, you know, he's some fucking creep who's, you know, gathering women to whatever. It's awful. Yeah. Um, uh, he's uh, talking a lot about alpha males. A lot of That's alpha big. male stuff, right? Uh, a lot of uh, back to nature and shit like that. Return um, with a V instead <laughs> yeah. of a U. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, the guy, like, you know, he beats on Harold a little bit. He tells Harold to, you know, hit him, and he does, and he gets like one shot in. <laughs> yeah, I would. It, I would describe it as not working. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't work. do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Harold is like, yeah, he's just like beat to hell. Uh, the two women that were in the trailer, um, that it's this, this guy wants them to see him, uh, beat the shit out of Harold. Like what? Yeah. You know, so that, you know, as like sort of a warning to them, um, and the girls, they, uh, one of them grabs like a, a pipe that's on the side of the road and she's about to like whack him with it. And the guy has a gun and, uh, it like accidentally goes off and kills her. Um, the second, Oh, girl, I didn't think it was an accident. I thought he just shot her cause he was about to get attacked. I, I think I could have sworn it was like, uh, because the other girl who is, who's Dana, uh, who you know we see later on who uh, plays a bigger role um she's like she's attacking him at that moment so it it sort of seemed like it, the gun like i'm sure he was going to shoot her it wasn't yeah. entirely an accident but it it just seemed like sort of unintentional in that okay. moment yeah um but yeah uh, dana grabs that the pipe and then beats beats the guy's head in and kills him but um, good yeah, and that's when yeah. like Stu and Glenn, uh, they find them uh, on the road, and they talk to them about Boulder and um, and one of the things. So, uh, what's her name? Franny and Dana are having 
the Mother Abigail dreams. Harold is not, but nobody knows that. And he sort of shows his hand a little bit when, you know, he says something that, like, contradicts the dreams. And, and you know, Franny calls him out and he's just like, I'm just talking. Like, yeah, I've had the dreams yeah. too. Like, whatever, you know. Um, which is some uh, scammer. Uh, Scammer Herds, Nadine also does the same thing where she's sort of like, yeah, no, I've totally had the dreams. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. Um, so they, they all head towards Boulder, right? Um, meanwhile, Larry Underwood, the rock star, um, got a drug problem, whatever. There's like his whole like the backstory with him and that his roommate who's going to kill him because he stole his song and yeah i don't know just way too much didn't need to be in it at all yeah um also his name is larry underwood it is larry underwood (laughs) it's very similar to carrie underwood i wonder if he's related to frank underwood well, let, Rob, let me I'm gonna be frank. I'm gonna put your knowledge of the answer to that very question to the test with a little quiz I like to call Larry Underwood or Carrie Underwood or Carrie Underwood. Yes, the the country singer. That's right. Okay. Ugh, you kind of again you blew the bonus question. Oh, gonna, I'm sorry. Was gonna open up the field to Larry Underwood or Carrie Underwood or Frank Underwood, but <laughs> here we go. Let's do my quiz. Okay. <laughs> uh, same. This will function uh, points wise the same way as Mother Abigail or Father Abigail. One point per question. Uh, okay, makes sense. Um, and and here we go. All right. This singer songwriter stuck it to unfaithful men the world over with his or her country crossover hit before he cheats now there's already a clue in there Mm -hmm. right because it says singer songwriter so you can cross frank underwood off your list of potential guesses i suppose right yeah but larry underwood is a singer songwriter that's right as is carrie underwood right uh, that the would be Carrie Underwood. That is correct. Carrie Underwood, of course, famous of course. for digging the key into the side of her ex-boyfriend's pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. One point on the board for Rob. Rob, would you like to carry that over to your existing points total or start a new points pile? Uh, is there a difference? Do I have to accumulate points well, at the end? In a, in a, it's, it's kind of up to you, isn't it? Do you uh, want it all in one? Do you want it in one pile or you want two separate piles? Uh, two piles, please. Two piles. All right. So, um, <laughs> you've got one point two, in two your point new piles. Pile. Go on. Two point <laughs> piles. You've got one point in your new pile, five points in the first pile. Moving on to the second question on the verge of this artist big break a plague ravaged the world (laughs) killing nearly everyone and ultimately leading to him having sex with heather graham (laughs) yeah now Uh, if you were paying attention while you were doing this episode this may be a very easy one i won't i shan't say cow but there's a bit of a tell in in the wording of this question um that is larry underwood rob that's correct That's going okay. Two points in the second point pile. Five points remain in the first point pile. All right. Third question. Yep. 
This scheming Southern senator was portrayed by Kevin Spacey until Spacey's off-screen antics led to the show's and the actor's cancellation. Is that Larry, Carrie, or Frank Underwood? That's uh, Frank Underwood. <laughs> let me be, let me be Frank. You are correct. <laughs> That's uh. That- that's three points for your point pile. That's well, three <laughs> points for point pile number two. Point pile number one remains at five points. <laughs> oh, what's this? I'm receiving word that there's a bonus question in this oh, quiz. Oh shit! Now All this right. this question will be worth one point, but it's eligible to be added to either point pile. Okay. So <laughs> think about you know. I'll give you uh, yeah, give few me a minutes to think can, about how you want to. Yeah. Yeah, where you're going to want to put this point. Assuming you get it, it's a pretty tough one. You might not get Uh, it. All right, you ready? Yes. According to his or her website, this musical master craftsman based in Sarasota, Florida, is known throughout the nation for a rare expertise in the restoration of fine, fine wind instruments. That's... That's the whole question. That uh, is the question. Do you know who this is? Um. Well, is it? It can't be Carrie Underwood, can it? This I is can't act- say. I can't say. Now, here's the other thing: the stakes are high because, much like you will get one bonus point if you answer correctly, you will lose one bonus point oh, if shit. you answer incorrectly, All and right. that would take you down either. Four points in point pile one and three points in point pile two or five points in point pile one and two points in point pile two. Okay. So do you want to guess? Are you confident in your Uh, I'm going to say Carrie Underwood. Rob, I'm so sorry. Uh. That is not the correct answer. The correct answer is uh, the first guy who comes up when you Google Gary Underwood. I'm sorry. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah. you are down to five points in your in point pile one and two points in point pile two. Perfect. Great. Yeah. So, thank you so much for playing. Well, thank you. That's thank the, you for putting together the quiz. No problem. Uh, uh, more where that came from. Hopefully next week. Good. Good. Yeah. Um. So back to Larry Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um. Who, yeah, he's got a he's got a big old bag of drugs, um, and he meets Heather Graham along the way. Who, I mean, she looks stunning, right? Like <laughs> she's, um, you know, the apocalypse is happening. People are spewing up bile and ever, you know, just gar- awful. Uh-huh. Everything. She lives in New York City, and the whole city is like terrible and in flames. And she looks. Good. Pretty damn good. She's looking very midtown. She is looking very midtown. Um, I, I I liked her. Her whole deal is that like, um, I, I guess her husband uh, died from the plague, and she's just like, uh, you know, she's just on her own. And she meets Larry, and Larry's a nice guy, and she's like, mm, you should come You'll back to do. my apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she makes him a big fat steak, big fat juicy steak. Oh, yeah, and then he eats her out. <laughs> That's kind of the order of operations. 
It's true. They also yeah. do the funny position where you're like sitting facing like each other. Facing each other, your like legs are interlocked or whatever. Yeah, totally. Why why you gotta show me? That see when we talk about trimming the fat. Uh, that's one of them. <laughs> treat it, treat, we don't need that many positions. We don't need um, that many positions. We don't need like they they don't show like both of the actors in that shot are nude. We don't see anything, right? Everything is sort of like covered up by arms and legs and whatever. Um it seems just sort of weird and unnecessary to have the two actors get naked like that yeah. for like, that one shot that doesn't <laughs> add anything. Totally. It would be one thing if they'd done a bit more work to make it like, I don't know, sell the loneliness of these two people and like sell how right. much this moment means and like, you know, right. the Human aftermath. connection at, yeah. after a plague. Like, t- you, you could play that up. Like, Maybe it's self evident. I don't think so. I don't think I it's don't think there. So. Cause like yeah. they don't really have great chemistry either. No, they don't. Because <laughs> again, Heather Graham, kind of a weird lady. Yep. She's sure. got those big eyes. She does have big, big strange eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. Also, but- she's just like the way she talks to him, she's just like she's like, it's good that you're normal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I think that's ex- that might be verbatim what she says to him. Yeah. No, she, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, because, yeah, she, I don't know. I, the character is not not fleshed out. I don't think. Yeah, and then and then she she does uh, kill herself. Um, she takes a bunch of pills. She tells after the whole sewer thing, after running away from New York Marauders, um, they're like, that sounds like an XFL team. <laughs> the New York Marauders. <laughs> it does. Um, they're camping out like under an overpass in a tent and they have like a fire going and they're like, I don't know, whatever they're talking. And she's like, it's, she's talking about how it's stupid to be alive right now. Cause everybody else is dead. And Larry's just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Sort of like does something like that. And he's like, I'm going to go to sleep. Do you want to go to sleep? And she's like, no, I'm going to stay up for a little while. And then, then, you know, she, she does it. Um, but it's I don't know I, the character. Um, I, I could see how she plays into Larry's life as far as like then he meets up with uh, uh, Nadine and Joe, and maybe he's trying to um, protect know, like be, them. Yeah, yeah, be like a little bit a... more like of a protector or like when he's yeah. with Heather Graham, he is much more of like. Um, you know, he, he has a big bag of drugs and he's all like, they're fucking. And, you know, it, he's like, he seems much more in like this sort of self-destructive uh, path. Right. Right. Like he and actually, after, to the degree that he actually is like visited by flag. Right. And sort of like rejects his little offer or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And then after Heather Graham, it does seem like there's a change in him where he is like, oh, you know, I can't, I'm not going down that path. I have to go down this other path. Right. Right. Uh, which, uh, like, I think plays into Larry's overall story arc. But uh, I just kind of feel bad for Heather Grimm and that character, which is just, like, there uh, for Larry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, the impression I get, because, like, uh, call me, uh, what's his name? 
the guy from the Mighty Mighty Boston's Dicky <laughs> Bet Dicky Bet no 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 uh, it is Dicky something Dicky Bet's Barrett like the Dicky Barrett that's it Dicky Bet's like the Allman Brothers oh okay call me Dicky Barrett because this is the impression I get that his uh, <laughs> right his whole thing is just like failing to be there for the people he cares about right like his mom right. is just sort of like he but he is there for her. He gets to the hospital. Yeah, he does. He's absent it, from her life, I guess. He is ab- like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, it's clear they have like a strained relationship ever since he like, you know, he's on you know, turn, turns to a life of rock and roll, yeah. Yeah. All that sex drug and yeah. drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> As Dennis Leary famously put it. <laughs> right? Um, is that is that the name of the show? It is. What is going on in my head? You got your mad balls. I got yeah. Dennis Leary's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. It, not even uh, yeah, Rescue Me, which was a popular show. <laughs> I think sex, drugs, and rock and roll, maybe maybe two seasons? Maybe? 20 episodes. There you, you go. Know, 20 eps. Um, so, right. So, Larry meets up with Nadine. Do you know what? Sorry. Do you know what uh, his? Yep. I'm really sorry. Do you know what his character's name is on this show? No idea. Johnny some, Rock. I was just going to say, is it something like Johnny Rotten? <laughs> it's it very is. close. Which makes sense because the Almost the, exactly the, the like logo for the show is written like in uh, pseudo sex pistols. I know. In that like, yeah. What uh, is ever going through this man's head? I don't know, man. Oh, man. His daughter is. an asshole. <laughs> he is. He's. Uh, what a song. <laughs> what a song. What a time. What a time to be a comedian, huh? <laughs> yeah, you could just suck absolute shit. I mean, I guess that's still true. No, it's, that's definitely still true. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about New Vegas, but talking about the sad state of comedy is probably a good pivot to that. Just uh, To New Vegas? Yeah. Um, Any so, con- Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, New Vegas... Um, same as the old Vegas, <laughs> you know? pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not that. That, that feels like, uh, it, like, is that meant to be a joke? Like, is uh, the I show no being idea. funny? Uh, no, I, it doesn't feel like it, but maybe. Um, we're like New Vegas. Um, you know, it's like hedonism, right? Everybody's like in sort of. Uh, there's people a lot of people are in, like, sucking at, and fucking. Yeah. they're there's that one couple fucking in the elevator, right? Yeah. Uh, As though that's like some incredible thrill to fuck yeah. in the elevator. <laughs> like while you're living in a hive of scum and villainy, like right. you're already doing everything you want. Like the last thing you got to, they must've just gotten there. Right. And do they have to ride the elevator up and up and down until they, finish you know like yeah <laughs> it's an elevator <laughs> it seems distracting doesn't it yeah it does um i think uh I- yeah it's weird that i think this show's got weird politics <laughs> <laughs> like what well it really frowns on bdsm right? um i also feel like shaming exactly also like um I feel like you see some like you see some gay shit. You don't see yeah. no gay shit in new in Boulder in the Boulder Free Zone. Huh? I 
Um, yeah, I guess not. I, I, uh, I didn't catch it's it. It's all background stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot going on in the background with people like making out and sucking the yeah. fucking and whatever. Yeah. Um, it just felt very, uh, you gotta be wearing L.L. Bean. And, yeah. And impregnate so, someone named Franny. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I was watching this, I, I kind of uh, felt the same way, where I was like, I don't really want to live in either one of these places. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Is was so depressing option? actually was when, and I know it was like a necessity thing, right? Cause like they didn't have electricity in the Boulder right. free zone. But when uh, I saw like a food truck in like the <laughs> second episode, I was like, come on. I thought oh, we were, fuck off. <laughs> I thought we were rebuilding the world in capital H, his image. <laughs> this shouldn't be. Get get the shit out of here. Yeah. So a little bit of the Boulder stuff, right? So Mother Abigail, um, she names five people like the leaders of the community, right? Stu, Franny, Larry, Nick, and Glenn. And uh, so they are like sort of in charge of the infrastructure and making sure, you know, the trains run on time and shit like that. Um, the power goes out in town and there's like, there's a bunch of people working on it and they, they get the power back on. Um, yeah, I'll talk about the rest of it, but that one scene, like as soon as the power comes back on, or you going to say Larry. Yeah, man. Larry is, <laughs> is up on a roof. Like immediately, like he, he was waiting there for the, they power planned it. They yeah. planned it. Yeah. And, and he's up there and he just starts ripping into, I think, is it America, America the beautiful? The beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The, s- just the l- most drawn. I mean, what a perfect <laughs> metaphor for the show, right? Like yep. it is incredibly drawn out and it, it offers nothing. Yeah, it, it's also like pretty clear that the actor does not know how to play guitar because he's not really oh, moving yeah. his fingers at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like I don't know. It, it was it was that some sort of a weird like Jimi Hendrix Woodstock? I mean, yeah, right. It must right. It, yes, it's like one hundred percent. That's what they were going for. It's but this then guy it's like playing like this patriotic song. Why not yeah. have him do the national anthem? Or if like. I don't know. You really want to do right in my book. Do like this land is your land. You know. Oh, there you go. Could have yeah, that I mean, shit all apart. of these these are better options. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I that so uh, that that was that dumb. Was just like was a super very stupid. dumb. <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um. So in Boulder, right? Uh, so there's also it, yeah. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say. So since they've gotten there, um. Harold has been working on the body crew. Yes. Uh, and the body crew is the group of like, what's it seem like 30 or so guys, 30 to 50 guys yeah. who are basically just like doing sweeps of like every building in town and clearing out the corpses. Right. And just like throwing them in like mass graves. Yes. Um, and that scene, like, I can't think of like a worse place to put a guy who's already like totally disconnected from <laughs> the people around him. Um, and honestly, it makes Franny seem like kind of a bad person that she wasn't like, I don't think that's good for him. But I, like, I, I, I don't think Franny's like a good person. <laughs> I don't think so either, man. 
I get that he's weird and antisocial and like ultimately a very bad person, but yeah, there, listen, there's, you know, she, uh, doesn't owe Harold anything, right? Like, yeah, uh, it, it's not like, um, I don't know. She, she's just not, she's not nice to Harold specifically. Like, I feel like she's out and out mean to him. Yeah. Um, for what seems like no reason. Like I get it. Like Harold is like weird and he's kind of a creep. Right. Um, but as far as we know, up until like, you know, Boulder or whatever, uh, he hasn't like done anything explicitly creepy. Right. right? There are also just like weird moments that make this very conflicting where it's like, the thing where like she puts the nail in his wall or whatever for him to hang his rejection letters on. Right. Which is a thing that Stephen King did early on in his career. I mean, I thought like if you, if, if she spent 99.9% of her time just being a shithead to this kid, one, she's not going to do that. But two, also like, I don't think he overreacted by having that be like a formative memory for him. Oh no, I don't think so. And like, I, you know, like, I also don't, I don't know, just something about that doesn't scan to me. Like, that's not like a normal thing. Like, you don't put a nail in somebody's wall and then be like, oh, did I do that one time? (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I mean, like, it's a big big nail, too. It's It's a big one. It's a (laughs) biblical nail. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then there's also the thing where it's like. The only view we get of Harold's family is that they're shitty to him also, right? right? Like, his mom's a piece of shit. His sister seems terrible, yeah. right? Like, she all she can do is complain that her fucking, like, bridal shower got messed up yeah. by the plague. <laughs> and is also Which, just like, like Harold, oh, like, as he's going to his room, she's just kind of just like, by the way, fuck you, Harold. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and then he's like, he has like a breakdown in his room, and she's just like, shut up, shut the fuck up. So then later, when Franny's like, God, I miss your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Harold's like, clearly, like, like, it seems like she's doing it to kind of push back on him being like, I didn't like my family. Right. Which is also like, why are you needling somebody? But also, just like, that tells me she's not a great judge of character. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i yeah i agree why is she like his shitty sister yeah um yeah the i don't know the, uh, maybe it's just the female characters in this are not really all that well written is right like yeah i guess who that's else? nadine same thing like uh i don't she's got like the one thing well you know she's okay. she's actually she, yeah i was gonna actually take that back so she is um Nadine is a spy essentially for flag, right? Like Mm -hmm. she has, um, she has been promised to be his queen in new Vegas. Uh, that's the plan, right? And everything else doesn't really matter. Um, she's, she is taking care of, uh, this kid, Joe, that she found on the, uh, you know, in her travels or whatever. Um, and she is like participating in the community, but there's like always this other thing in the back of her mind. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like, uh, she's conflicted about anything until like later on when she goes Larry. Yeah. With Larry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, at a certain point, uh, in her dream, um, flag tells Nadine 
that she has to eliminate the five people uh, in charge there and the old witch, meaning Mother Abigail. And uh, she's like, how am I going to do that? And he's like, I already have the weapon. You just have to pull this trigger, right? And the weapon is Harold, yes. who has who is just this built-up uh, rage that's like waiting to explode. Uh, no pun intended. And so, and he, Flag tells Nadine, essentially, to like, you know, you have to sexually satisfy this guy to manipulate him into uh, doing this, you know, uh, whatever. And uh, which she does, you know. There's that one scene. She goes and she goes to Harold's house and like hey, seduces him. Tell you, what, it's pretty easy work. <laughs> it, it's 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 easy work if you can get it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she's like seducing him. She like uh, he's sitting down. He, she like straddles him and and he like he comes instant, in his pants. Instant yeah. cream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she's like, you know. Uh, you know, it's okay, whatever. And then like, there's a scene later on where, um, you know, she like gives him a hand job in like a fucking janitor's closet or something. (laughs) Um, uh, I think that's kind of the extent of it though, as far as like the sexual stuff. I don't know if there's anything else coming up in any of the future episodes, but, um, I do kind of think it's funny that like because she made him come in his pants and she jerked him off once. He's like, "I'm gonna build a bomb. I'm going to blow up this this town. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna blow up this whole fucking place." (laughs) Uh, Uh, So Harold, when Harold is on the uh, the cleanup crew or whatever, he makes a friend uh, in Teddy Teddy Wyzak, right? Who Teddy is just like. He's he's like just kind of like a nice, yeah, just <laughs> sort of a nice guy. That when they're clearing out the houses, he like he looks through everybody's DVD collection because he wants to make like a drive-in sort of movie theater, an outdoor movie theater, and show movies. And um, you know, like he picks up like risky business <laughs> at one of the houses. Um, at, one, at a certain point, he picks up a uh, skyscraper. Uh, with the rock and he's like that i think the moment, rock is still alive <laughs> that is so funny i actually really liked that i thought it was really funny because then he's just like all he can really like like he seems to realize that like there's no it do, like it doesn't fucking matter at all and he's right. just like it would be cool it, yeah it'd be cool it'd be if cool. he was still alive it'd be cool if he was still out there somewhere <laughs> do you think Wait, the rock then, like, could come oh, live with us yeah and then i'm thinking about like the rock you know, just making his way through the wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> he, d- no, he would die stupidly very quickly. Of course he would. Um, from his fucking, I don't know, his tequila or whatever fucking bullshit. He'd probably throw his old back out. Like yeah, it's I been mean, carrying guy- around how much muscle, you know, like 200 much, plus man. pounds of muscle. And he Guy's 51 years old. Yeah. No, without whatever adrenochrome treatments they, <laughs> he takes yeah. whatever, like stem cell, like literally like whatever stem cell therapy he probably gets to just like, uh, yeah, he's keep his like body from it. bath. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like whatever it, he needs a to deprivation tank filled with stem cells. <laughs> yeah. He'd lose access to whatever it is that keeps his body from sort of like caving in right. on itself. 
it's so it's so weird be, seeing The Rock now versus like twenty years ago. Where like twenty years ago he was like a big muscular guy, and now he's just a like an actual monster. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like he was obviously he was also he was always very muscular, but he lo- used to look like a human man. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't uh, absurd. Um, oh my the rock god! This whole deal. He's so fucking weird looking. Yeah. Uh, what a shame. Sidebar, The Rock, right? Uh, the Rock is in... Uh, he's just in some of the worst movies, right? Like, just these, like, fucking bland, bullshit, like, forgettable movies, right? Southland and, Tales. For, yeah, Southland. The, the, the most bland vanilla shit. Down the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like... The guy, like, you know how fucking hard that is? Like, the guy is a mountain of a person, right? He yeah. has, like, all of this, like, uh, goodwill with, like, people, right? But he cannot get out of his own way. Uh, you know, like, back back in the 80s and whatever, Schwarzenegger, right? Who, essentially, s- similar, right? Like, had, you know, he Schwarzenegger is much more charming in general. But, like, Schwarzenegger would be in a movie, and he would give himself over to the director. Yeah. Right? Uh, Fucking, like, Total Recall, he's, you know, the the movie's insane. And he's just, and he's fucking, uh, like, it doesn't make sense that, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in that movie in particular, but it works, and it's great, and that's why it's a classic. And that's why The Rock will never, ever be in a good classic movie. Because he cannot uh, give himself over to the directors, he cannot. Totally, he cannot ruin his own image, which is at this point is just like fucking nothing. You know, you look at like Dave Batista, who's another wrestler turned. Now actor. there's a guy. Now there's right? a guy. Yeah. There's a guy, man. You yeah. You watch that he fucking put on tiny glasses. Cabin? Throw a fucking tiny glass, a set, a pair of tiny glasses on that guy, and. He's a fucking star. Let him cook. Let, <laughs> Let him, him cook. cook. That's the thing. He's not a star. He's a character actor. Well, that, that he's a large thing. character actor. Right. When he like uh, his scene in Blade Runner 2049. Right. Only in like maybe 10 minutes. But like really good. Like has like has the chops to like be ha- like have emotional weight in the scene. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Like people love that character. Yeah, uh, he's and he importantly he's playing a character. He's not playing. Right. He's not like a Dave Batista, just like winking at the camera the entire time. Yeah, yeah. No, he's so, like a real actor. Uh, oh, yeah. I had a thought. So the the thing we were saying about the uh, female characters being underwritten. Uh-huh. I also think that applies to some of the male characters. And I think the delineation is that all of the good guys are nothing. <laughs> and all of yeah. the bad guys are much more fun to watch, which I think is just like, I mean, that's know, kind of the always uh, how it goes, right? Yes. Like it's always more fun and, and more fun to play and more fun to watch the villain. Villains like big and 
expressive and doing like weird shit. And you know, the hero has to be like sort of on, uh, on the straight and narrow, you know, sure. you can't have like, <laughs> especially in something like this, where it's like ultimate good and ultimate evil, <laughs> you know, yeah, like they're, they're like, you know, uh, a step away from just like, fucking drinking milk uh, like having just tall glasses of milk all around Boulder I do think it I actually do think it's very appropriate though that milk is coded as evil sure and when I say appropriate I mean for me I think it's evil to be someone who just drinks milk like a big glass of milk yeah I mean it's gross yeah Uh, uh, yeah well yeah I guess milk milk was a uh, that was a, a bad a, choice. A bad, yeah, it was a bad choice for me to use in that example. No, but I think Rick just Flag like sort of like <laughs> fucking drink milk later on. But I know, but, I hear what you're saying. Just this sort of like corn fed all American yeah, howdy wholesome duty motherfuckers. Bullshit. These howdy <laughs> duty motherfuckers. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think just like in general, what carries these characters is sort of just like their commitment to the project itself. And so like, there's nothing about them. And I, I think that's like, so like, okay. A a great example of this is the scene where they're picking spies, right? They, they decide the council decides among themselves that they need to send spies to New Vegas just so they know what's going on and they can prepare themselves. Because at this point, uh, Randall Flagg has sent ba- like a guy who he killed um, <laughs> right. or like brought to like the brink of death uh, careening toward, you know, he sent him as sort of just like a warning as a, as a message. Yeah. Yeah. So they decide they're going to send spies. And at no point is any of them like, no, we shouldn't like they're barely, no one really pushes back hard on it. Yeah. And no one objects to any of the people who get selected. Like there's no process. There's no negotiating. There's no, there's you're, no drama to you're it. You're building it's just a, like, yeah, right. You're building a fucking town. Like even the, and then like the scene where they have the big meeting to address the fact that the devil has sent a crucified yeah. man in a sports car into their town as a warning <laughs> message. Right. Stu, the me- the meeting starts with like Stu taking the microphone and doing a bad job, right? Like yeah. imme- within moment, like seconds of talking, someone stands up and interrupts him, it, which is crazy too. Yeah, that like, is crazy. It, it it's like this is not a normal town hall meeting. Like yeah, fucking everybody, relax. We're all figuring this out. Yeah, you also <laughs> were all summoned there through religious visions. So yeah. like. Are we? Yeah. But, um, so then like Larry this cuts isn't like in, a normal town hall meeting, like in, in a normal, like in a municipal meeting, you can like go up and like state your case and shit like that. Yeah. This is like, we're rebuilding society. I'm sorry. The power's yeah. not on just also yet. like, you know, this guy, like <laughs> right? you're going to, were you going to apologize to him tomorrow? But anyway, so like as he's yeah. losing the crowd, Larry, like, um, Franny says, uh, is it Franny or I think yeah, it's, Franny, it's Franny who's yeah. like, uh, remind me, uh, which one of you has more stage experience? Oh, so he gets up and like works the crowd or whatever. And yeah. like all, all, all I'm asking for is like a moment of doubt from Stu, from yeah. someone else in the council. Yeah. Like 
something that makes like some sort. I don't know. To no, me, I, I I completely agree. You, there's no there's no tension, uh, right. on within our group here. Yeah, you know, everybody is just sort of like you, you know they're talking about sending three people to uh, New Vegas, and it's very possible that all three of them are going to die, right? And they're like, they have a discussion for maybe five minutes about it, and they're all on board with who they're, like, not who they're sending, but they're, that they're going to send somebody. Yes. And then, you know, then they uh, they pick the, the one woman, Dana, who was in the tractor trailer, um, who's now, <laughs> when she gets to New Vegas, she's like a welder, and they call her Flashdance, which is kind of funny yeah it's um, pretty good uh then they pick that o- older woman uh judge Reinhold? something it is judge reinhold that yeah um yeah i don't remember i don't remember her name either but uh, um i just had it and lost it um whatever it, so this other woman and both of them are like a hundred percent on board right uh, the two of them are on board, and then uh, Glenn makes a suggestion of Tom Cullen, and uh, the only pushback he gets on this yeah. idea is Franny going, "I hate to admit it, but you're right, you <laughs> sick son of a bitch. <laughs> you're right." And like, and then they put it to a vote or whatever, right? And and she even says like, "I could say no." and save my conscience even though it's already you know three to three to nothing yeah um but i i you know you're right and blah 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 whatever yeah. i don't know like, everything just goes like a little too uh, smoothly smooth within the group yeah like i'm not even saying like i need friction i need infighting i mean i do need friction i don't need infighting i guess is what i mean like no i think yeah, it's yeah. fine if they all arrive at the same point because that should be the case right like if this is a sort of like parable about good and evil or whatever like i don't object to them just being like archetypes but they can't all be like nodes of the same archetype like right they should be coming at the you would think the idea of having five different people is that they represent five different points of view. And so that they could like bring different ideas to the table. Nah, all all five of the same person. It pretty much, except like the only exception really being Glenn, who's just like, I think we should do things either like more transparently or more procedurally. And that's sort of like the only alternative that gets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gets pitched. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There should there should be a little bit more of like like a twelve angry men kind of a thing going on or for a you know like any sort of like deliberation yeah I don't know something yeah. just something uh, also like I this must be like a scheduling thing but like Mother Abigail feels like she's not really involved in any of this she really to doesn't the, to the degree that like they do the spy thing behind her back which I'm pretty sure is not true to the source material yeah i'm not sure but yeah i'm I'm pretty sure she's just like you three use three gotta go (laughs) right and it's like who is it Stu? uh oh that happens later oh okay that's okay that's a separate thing okay that happens later okay um Um, but you're right like she's not really involved in in much um and honestly, I'm not even entirely sure, like, her power, um, 
All she can do is make phone calls. Basically. (laughs) Corn calls. By the end of episode five, she also, like, writes uh, a note to her assistant, uh, Ray, who, and, uh, just like, uh, I gotta go figure some shit out. I'll be back (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. I have to go tape the view. Right. (laughs) I'll be back, uh, later this week. Um, (laughs) I'll be, we'll so, be right back, she says. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> um, so, right, they send uh, the three people to Vegas, New Vegas, right? Um, or as I Tom call it, Cullen, New Vegas. Yep. <laughs> Tom Cullen gets a job, um, was it, working in, like, the gladiator pits, like, cleaning up dead bodies, right? Um, so he's doing that. Uh, the woman, Dana... She said that she's uh, uh, she's doing welding or whatever, but then um, I guess she's asking questions. She wants to meet uh, uh, Flag, and uh, then that's when Lloyd and his mall, uh, Julie, um, they uh, they like kind of scoop her up. They're like, "Why are you asking so many questions?" Uh, and Julie. On top of that, Julie recognizes Tom. Right. So when, yeah, when Nick and Tom were like, I don't know, they were like hunkered down in like a Home Depot or something. Um, yeah, Julie, Julie found them. Um, she, she was like, <laughs> she was like super fucking horny and she wanted to fuck somebody. And Nick is a pretty man. And she was like, well, you're deaf and you don't speak. She was like super mean, but she's like, but you got you have a you have a penis, and I I like that about that, you. And that so. can be such an important quality. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, she does say I never fucked a deaf guy before in so many yeah. words. So there's that right. also that he has going for him. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah. So that woman, Julie, is now uh, Lloyd's main squeeze. Um, and so they, right. So they scoop up Dana, uh, they sort of clean her up. They, they give her some nice clothes. Um, you know, they, they invite her into their bedroom, uh, to, you know, uh, she, uh, like an S and M sort of thing. Like she's got a, like a whip that she's gonna, you know, whatever on and on. Um, but all of this to say that Dana is trying to, reach uh randall flag and eventually she does um she gets called up to randall Flagg's suite and he knows everything that's going on he's like i've been watching you since you left boulder uh i know your i know what your intention is here and i know they sent three people i know it's you uh there's an old woman on the edge of town who's camping out who's waiting to arrive because you know they're you're trying to stagger uh, your arrivals, but I don't know who the third one is and he's trying to get it out of her. And you know, she's, she's not giving it up. That's when she stabs him and he uses his Stanislavski training <laughs> and pretends to be dead. Um, and then, you know, once she realizes that she, she's not going to be able to kill him and, you know, she says something like, uh, are you going to kill me now? And he's like, there are things that are worse than death. Right. And like whatever he's indicating that he's going to torture her in some way. Um, and she takes a, a bottle and breaks it. And 
stabs herself in the neck and just kills herself right there. So he can't get any information out of her. Yeah. Um, she stabs herself in a crazy way. Yeah. It, I, I, <laughs> dude, I was watching she that. Stabs, I, it, it's like a, it's like the bottle was shot out of a gun. The force <laughs> with which she does that. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't, know if I could stab myself in the neck that hard. I don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it would be impossible. <laughs> Just, right. I don't think I don't think anyone physically could do it that hard. That's what I'm saying. It's, right. She's a machine, dude. She's a machine. Um so right, so she uh she does kill herself. Um but f- so now Flag knows that like they're up to something, don't know what, but uh I don't the other thing too, Flag knows everything that's going on here, right? He knows that they sent out three people. He just doesn't know Tom Cullen because I guess uh, he is harder to read. Um, but how come Mother Abigail can't see any of the people that are not supposed to be in Boulder, like Nadine and Harold? Yeah, right. You would think. Like even you know you could say that like. Uh, uh, flag is uh, you know a demon or the devil and he he's has, the great deceiver right fine uh, but mother Abigail did go into all of everybody's dream like one by one and tell them to come to Boulder so like she has to know who she did she told to come here right I would think so she's a very old woman Could she is very a old bit, a bit forgetful perhaps maybe I don't know uh, no, yeah, a, it's uh stupid. A little bit of a sure. hole. Yeah. Um so what ha- I don't know. And so, then there's also the moment where Randall as the wolf comes at her real quick. What's up with that? Yeah. She like disappears. It, yeah, she di- that's when she like disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and th- that's sort of where we're left off. Um Harold has a plan. Um, he has a plan to blow up, um, you know, have some sort of big event and then blow up everybody in town. And then him and Nadine will go to uh, New Vegas. Um, so it sort of leaves off with him. Uh, him and Nadine, they get the explosives. Uh, his friend Teddy uh, oh, catches right. him and he's like, Oh, what are, you, what are you guys doing? Like one of those things. And Nadine kills him. And Harold is like kind of upset by that because it yeah. was like his only friend. Ever. Totally. And like, I think it is, um, you know, this, there are some moments in this show, man. Like, yeah. I think it's a great little choice to have Teddy's dying words be like run. run. Like, he's trying to warn Harold. Right. To get away. And like, that seems Uses really his last breath to be a, try be a, and save be a his friend. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that seems to really affect uh, Harold. Like, oh, oh yeah, but great moments, right? And that, and like later on when Harold confronts Nadine and, and he's like, "You didn't have to kill him. Like he was my friend and whatever." That's when she jerks him off, and and then <laughs> okay. he's like, "All right, back to the mission. I get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm in." <laughs> So, um, so that's, what's going on in Boulder. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that's kind of it, right? Like they're, um, 
uh, Dana is killed. The woman, Judge, would you say Harris? Yep. Uh, Judge Harris hasn't arrived in New Vegas, but things are probably not going to go well for her either. Can't imagine. And um, Tom Cullen, uh, Dana, you know, wrote a note to Tom saying, telling him to run, which he can't read. But uh, after talking to her, um, he sort of like puts it all together. And then he opens the note and he says, M-O-O-N. And then, you know, so he knows that he has to leave, right? Yeah. Um, and that's sort of, that's where episode five leaves off. Yeah. I think that's, right? uh, I think we put the okay. bookmark in it. Oh, what? Five episodes, Dan. We have four episodes left. Mm-hmm. Right? Where's Trash Can Man? I don't know. Where, where is, is Ezra Miller? <laughs> where is that Trash I Can want, Boy? I want to watch Ezra Miller. Uh-huh. I don't know where Trash Can Man is. I feel like Trash, Trash Can Man in the original series also shows up somewhere in the middle, right? No, he's I, from he, Jump? Not Maybe not from Jump, but uh, he's definitely in the first episode. Because Damn. He... Uh, I think early like they just show him in that one they just show him like blow something up and then it just like it's sort of like this weird non sequitur where it's just like a guy and he blows up like an oil uh, like a tank or whatever yeah yeah. Um, and he loves it oh he loves that he did that yeah Yeah. he he couldn't be happier Um, I, I don't know you're gonna introduce trash can man in episode maybe six, but, uh, I feel like, you know what though? I'll say this, this show needs a little juice. So it, it needs juice. It needs a little trash, <laughs> <laughs> trash it up. I know. Um, it's a long show, man. I like there, there is a version of this. I feel like if it was just edited differently, you know, trimmed down, put in a linear way, I think it would be much uh I, I just think it would be much better. For sure. I there this story is so massive, right? There's so right. many things happening. <laughs> Why? Why it does not the, the time of such a massive story. Right. Like like it does it more confusing and, and yeah. Well that's what people love about um like the Odyssey and you know yeah. the Bible is that it's all told out of order. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what makes it such a such like a classic epic. People You're love right. yeah. People love Ben Hur because uh <laughs> we start Oh Jesus. Yeah, you yeah. got it. So got it. So uh I think that's basically it that's for pretty much this it this week, right? No segments. Um yeah. we'll great do job segments next time. Great job with the quiz. Thank you. Except for that um, last question, I fucked it up. Yeah, I, you do Gary not Underwood. know your Gary Underwood. That's pretty embarrassing. I'm, I'm going to call that guy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked me, yeah. Gary. You fucked me on my points pile, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait, slow down, slow out. down. Points pile one or points pile two? <laughs> I just, yeah, I just do that and then hang up. And for the rest of his life, he's like, I got the weirdest <laughs> phone call one time. <laughs> one time, yeah, I can't believe I did that to his points pile. Um, yeah, so I guess we have five watched episodes in one of our episode piles and four unwatched yep. episodes in our second episode pile. 
And in a couple weeks, we will be back to discuss the conclusion. Possibly exciting, but who knows? Maybe. I mean, we know it's going to end with a nuclear explosione. That's got to be exciting. <laughs> it has I mean, to be. It has. I mean, yeah. What's it? Fucking uh, Christopher Nolan is banking on a <laughs> nuclear explosion being interesting enough for everybody to show up to the movie theater this summer. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Every time I see the name of that movie, and I can't take credit for this, I can only think of Oppenheimer style. <laughs> it's not mine. It's not mine, but I. It's pretty good, though. Yeah. I saw somebody, uh, because Barbie comes out that same weekend. Um, they oh, the, a, speaking of Tom Cruise, is that what you're going to? Oh, no. All right. Your thing first, and then I'll tell you about uh, Cruise. I just, somebody made a t-shirt, um, and it was cut like straight down the middle. And one half of it uh, was pink, and the other one was like black. And it, Barbenheimer? It, Barbenheimer, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, what what was the good. Tom Cruise thing? Well... Um, so Oppenheimer and Barbie, um, both trying to get released in IMAX, right? Or sorry, no, no, not Barbie and Oppenheimer trying to get released in IMAX. Mission Impossible? And Mission Impossible trying to get released in IMAX. Yeah. Oppenheimer like locked it down. Oh, they got So Tom Cruise had been personally himself going to whatever person is responsible for like deciding what gets shown at IMAX theaters. Like he was going around to different theaters or whatever, giving them screenings and like being like, look, see how good it is. Look how good it is. (laughs) You should want to put my movie on. And frankly, I believe him like Oppenheimer is just going to be all CG. Like, why do I need to see that quite so big? Didn't he? actually set off a nuke no there's no fucking mm. way mm. you can't just set off a nuke <laughs> mm. we'll see we'll see he's no trash um, can man <laughs> well i don't know about that yeah <laughs> he's he's hit or miss for me <laughs> yeah um uh man like tom cruise is just the weirdest guy isn't he isn't i heard stories he? like he uh uh you know, like from podcasts or whatever you listen to. And like he went to somebody's Super Bowl party and brought a football because he thought, you know, that's what you do at Super Bowl parties. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I also heard he sees every single movie in the theater. Like he'll go in like a disguise or something and he'll he'll just watch every movie. Um, he just consumes it all. Um, that's kind, kind of, of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how we can afford that with ticket prices being what they are, but Oh my goodness. Right. Even Tom he's Cruise probably, is feeling he's probably one of those, he's, he's probably a Stubbs member, you know, <laughs> you gotta imagine <laughs> get that big free popcorn. Oh yeah. Or big uh, free refill on your big popcorn. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's eating all that popcorn and then he's filling it up and he's leaving. He's taking it home. <laughs> <laughs> he brings a film canister to the movies because that's what he thinks people do at the movies. <laughs> I, I just like the idea that like he is, I don't know, it, like just so far removed. I like uh, I was listening to the Doughboys and they were talking about 
um, the girl with the dragon tattoo and the girl, the actual girl with the dragon tattoo who is Rooney, Rooney Mara. Mara. Yeah. yeah. And how her family owns the New York giants. Well, yeah, her family does own the New York giants. Um, but, uh, up until like that movie, like I guess there's a scene of her like eating a piece of pie. Yeah, that's and crazy. She, and she had never eaten pie before. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> but like that is the kind of shit that when I hear it, I'm like, oh, you're we like your life is. I don't even know yeah. what your life is. Yeah. I, like you, you have an idea of what other people's lives are like, like a rough idea. It's similar more or less to yours. Go to work. You know, everybody has like common experiences based on like geography or whatever. And like, she's just like, Oh, I've never eaten pie before. Like what? Are what you were you eating? <laughs> yeah. How is that even possible? Pie is everywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you never saw one and got interested like what are you what are you saying you right never now? walked by a windowsill with one cooling on it and <laughs> had to steal it yeah. what come on that is so, yeah i can't uh, imagine just, i don't know uh, that makes me think there are, are secret so foods uh, th- uh, yeah, I think they're probably secret foods. It, the same we talked about adrenochrome. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same way, though, that she was like, oh, I've never eaten pie before. Uh, we're, there's like, there's another thing. There's like some sort of animal that we don't even know about that like these uh, uber rich people are eating all the time, you know? Yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah, some sort of... <laughs> yeah, that's eating Sasquatch. Why, that's why, yeah, nobody could get... F- fucking catch a Sasquatch is because they're they're basically extinct now mm. because rich people have been eating them. <laughs> Sad. Something to... I hate to end on such a somber note, but <laughs> I do think it's time to... No, we gotta wrap it up. It's yeah, gone on let's wrap long. it up. Alright. Alright. Well... All right, that, yeah. Show's over. We can yeah, do that we'll, segment, right? Yeah, we'll do that one segment. Show's over. And okay, it's over. That's it's it. over. Um... <laughs> Oh, we forgot to do the re- the reviews. Ah, uh, all right. You want to do them now, or you don't want to do them in the beginning of the next episode? I think we got to do it in the beginning of the next episode. All right, all right. So, Ugh, damn we'll, it, we'll read the reviews the next on the next uh, <laughs> episode of King Me in two uh, weeks. Very unprofessional. Um, very unprofessional. Very unprofessional. Um, if you want your uh, message to be read in two weeks. Uh, you could go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and write a little something, and we'll read it. Uh, you can don't also use check iTunes? What's that? I was going to say, don't use iTunes? No. That's okay. Why not? No, I'm asking the listener. Oh. oh, oh. You can still rate oh. us on Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, you you could rate us on other stuff. Figure it out. iTunes is just where, I don't know, what fucking counts. I don't know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. You could also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash kingmepod, where we do a ton of other stuff. We're just doing so much other stuff over there, guys. You got to check it out. Cooking, reading, eating, cleaning. Um, And that's it, guys. That is all. So uh, until next week, or two weeks, and until next time, I am Rob. I am Danga Gliardi. Avon. Ah, uh, Stephen King. King. Pshh.
right.